owner and looking for an opportunity to network and collaborate with other like-minded professionals, executives, and community leaders? Well, look no further. Exposure Spotlight Magazine has launched its business network group, and you're invited to join us where your business can grow. Just look for us on Facebook at Exposure Spotlight Magazine Business Network Group. everyone this is Teresa Perkins host of Exposure Spotlight Magazine where your dreams your voice matters and listen I am so excited today because we have a wonderful guest that is going to share with us why he is running for office and he is running for the section 2 division G Judge of the Louisiana 19 Judicial District Court Judge in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We are so excited to have him. He has 30 years of experience in law. Everyone that is listening, help me to welcome this lovely gentleman who has a lot of knowledge. His name is Attorney Deli Adi. Bamaji. Got it. I got it. I'm going to go ahead and clap and pat my own self. Yes. How are you doing today? I am doing marvelously well today. And how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Look, I'm so excited, as always, to have you, uh, and well, better yet, to have a conversation with you and for you to share with everyone what's going on and why you're running for office and why you can be that person that they need to vote for. Because we want to see them at the ballot and we want to be able to call it as God have it to be done. You are the winning judge okay yes you are so look just share with everyone you know how long have you been practicing i know we say 30 years of experience but where did it really all derive from well uh, my name is dele adebamiji as you as you've already said but you know there's nothing that makes me so happy like talking about law uh, because, uh, you know, it all started with, from when I was a youth. I was very tender. And, you know, my father asked me one day, uh, what do you want to be in life? I said I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, you know, but you can tell he wasn't happy. He didn't like lawyers. He didn't think lawyers would go to heaven. You know, so he, he was kind of disturbed. Say, out of all professions, why do you want to be a lawyer? Yeah, you know, so after a while, I changed my mind. I said, okay, I want to be a priest. I think he kind of liked the idea of being a priest. He's a priest, huh? Yeah, you know, but he's like, okay, you can be a priest. That's better than being a lawyer. So, but as God will have it, God has his own plan. We human, we have our own plans. And um, I just find myself gravitating towards um, law. Um, I went to school. I read journalism. And after a while, I applied to law school. And law school um, accepted me. And I finished law school. And bam. That's it. That's how I came into law. Wow. How awesome. So you specialize basically in domestic violence. Is that correct? Or No, really, I do not specialize in any aspect of the law. Um, 
but I've practiced um, various laws. Um, I've practiced in family courts and I've done so many domestic violence cases. Uh, but I also do civil cases like um, accident cases where you have fender benders and um, any other serious accident cases. I do it. And I've also practiced a lot of criminal um, criminal law. And, um, you know, I've represented over thousands and thousands of uh, uh, criminal cases, both in the federal court, in the state court and all local courts. So uh, I, the only the only thing I don't do is I don't do bankruptcy. Oh, and, um, okay. <laughs> I no longer do bankruptcy and I no longer do social security hearing. <laughs> it's just an effort to pare down some of my practice. Oh, okay. Well, look, and also, too, I want to introduce this lovely lady that is joining us as well. She uh, is the host of Voices of Virtue, uh, the wonderful and the Miss Cheryl Reshort. So uh, do you have a question as of right now, uh, Miss Reshort, for Attorney Daly? And how are you yes. doing today, Miss Reshort? I am wonderful. And I'm even more elated to be in your presence. Amen. I'm glad to have you too. <laughs> and thank you, Miss Teresa, for this opportunity to bring me on to have a conversation with you as well. Yes. And a question that I wanted to ask um, Attorney Dale, if it's okay that I call you that because I don't want to mess up your name. No, <laughs> you know, that's what most people call me. And the judges is like, <laughs> in the legal profession, this is the only person that goes by one name daily. So, hey, I'm used to it and I have no, uh, you know, no qualm about that. Okay, great, great. What I wanted to ask Attorney Dale, in this arena of being a judge and with the rewarding changes, you know, when we make changes, we always change for better. What do you anticipate on doing in making changes in our justice system when well, elected as judge? Well, uh, you know, um, the judges make law, okay? And judges have the opportunity to change lives. Judges can change lives and they can send people to jail. And, you know, when you want to change the law, it starts from the judicial judges, really, until it goes all the way to the Court of Appeals. So a judge who is knowledgeable and knows what the law says is able to make changes like, you know, when you have um, people who have mental problems in the courtroom um, or people who are uh, um, drug addicts. So a judge should be able to differentiate between this set of people, drug addicts and drug sellers. If a drug dealer is quite different from a drug addict, a drug addict do doesn't need to be sent down to the jail for 20 years, 25 years, because we're not achieving anything if you do that. If you don't rehabilitate him and you turn him back out, you haven't achieved nothing. But instead, if drug addicts, drug addicts are, they, they need love and care rather than being sent to prison. And the same thing with those people who have mental problems. We need to find a way to be able to take care of them. Because sometimes the justice just put them in the general population in prison. And sometimes they get beat up so bad that when you see them, you feel sorry for them. Those are the kind of changes I, I want to bring into the um, uh, into the judgeship. I, I want to be able to give those um, non-violent offenders, to be able to give them second chance so they can see that it's better to have a second chance rather than make criminals out of them because they 
um, you know, they committed misdemeanor um, crimes. Awesome. That's, that's very profound. That was, that was a very profound. I'm so glad you touched that that topic with drugs because it, it has affected so many families. Yes, that's Not right. Just the the, the married couple, but the children as well. Family overall is that's the subject. I'm so glad you touched on. Thank you. And with that, when we're talking about about family, we're talking about people. Another subject I, I would love to ask you a question about is equality. When we see in our justice system today, it's so much inequality. What do you anticipate on doing to making sure your platform, it speaks and it delivers on equality, no matter what your background is? What do you plan to do? Well, uh, you know, I live, with, I, I live by certain principles in life. My first principle is I believe that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If you have the fear of God in you, for you to do something terrible or to do something bad, you, you won't be able to because you, you will have that conscience freaking you. That guy, you have to do the right thing. So for me, the fear of God is enough for me to make sure that um, you know I should be um, committed to treating everybody fairly. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what, um, what your background is. It's always good to treat people right and treat everybody with the same, um, uh, you know, with the same justice. Even the Bible tells you, say, uh, you know, you shouldn't pervert justice. Right. You can't say, yeah, okay, because Miss um, Richard is rich, so therefore I can't give him justice. I'll give it to somebody who is poor. No, if, if, you know, if you deserve to get um, justice, then you deserve it. It shouldn't be mainly because you're rich and the other person is poor or because the other person is poor and the other person is rich. So those are the kind of things I, I would live by through God's grace. Yeah. Also, I, you know, I want to I touch bases on you all know that it's so much crime that is happening today. And it's happening a lot among our young people. And it's not just here in the state of Louisiana, but it's all across the United States. Can you share with us or tell us rather, what do you believe are the causes of the high rates of minority violence, incarceration, or is it that they're not being incarcerated long enough? Because really something has to be done to stop the gun violence that is taking place today. Well, uh, you know, let, let me make this um, um, clear. I support the Second Amendment, the right to bear guns. I mean, the right to bear arms. Uh, you know, I think we all entitled to that, um, to that freedom to bear arms. But, I, but uh, on the same aspect of it, we need to find a way to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. Hmm. You know, guns don't kill people. Right. People kill people by Absolutely. having those guns. You know, that's one thing. And number two, those people who have guns in their homes do. They should know and find a way to secure those guns. Because now we hear children, four-year-old, finding guns in the house and yes. killing their siblings or shooting themselves. themselves. For me, when I hear those kind of news, it's very appalling. You know, I, I think the gun owner in those ones um, should be dealt with. And when we talk about criminals... Um, People who commit um, vicious crimes, violent crimes, and yet they, they walk in the street. 
I think we need to find a way to make sure those kind of people are the kind of people we incarcerate for incarcerate for quite a while. We shouldn't be incarcerating the drug addicts, um, the petty thieves, and those who commit uh, misdemeanor crimes. But those who keep the repeat offenders that keep getting back on the streets, we need to find a way to teach them the lesson and letting them know, say, hey, we will be tough on, on, on violent crimes. If you commit violent crimes, we will deal with you. And if we say that, we need to make it happen. We just can't say it, give them a slap on the hand, and let them walk away. Right. You're absolutely correct. I, I really just think that, I don't know, is 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 that they're not allowing, or the judges not giving them enough time in the juvenile, you know, prisons or, uh, you know, what exactly is it or what, or something just needs to be done. Well, you're right. Something needs to be done. You know, now we even seen that, you know, when people, um, especially they say juvenile, 17 year old, shoot someone, uh, we want to send them back to the juvenile or because, um, juvenile court. You know, for me, I just believe a 17 year old who kills, who kills someone shouldn't be sent to the juvenile court. Uh, you know, um, they say he's a baby. At 17, I, I don't, I, I don't believe those kind of people are babies. I, I think we need to, re-examine those kind of situations and see what we'll do because if we keep allowing people to kill people and walk free we won't be able to control the um, the type of crime that we will have in the society and our community deserves better alright so tell us attorney Adi Bamaji there you go <laughs> tell us why should people vote for you well, you know, I've practiced law for over 30 years, really. And um, my first stint of law is practicing with legal aid. And when you're a legal aid lawyer, you do a lot of work. I've done a lot of divorces. I've done a lot of child support for mothers who are trying to get child support so they can raise their children when the men decide to leave the homes. So um, I fought for them. I, um, uh, you, you know, for my community, I believe that it's always good to give back to your community. If you're in a community and the community accepts you, it behoves, it's not, you know, it's not what your community can do for you. It's what you as a person can do for your community. You know, that, that's why um, in the juvenile, in the juvenile system, um, I represented children for free for over 28 years because I believe when you catch them young, right you you're able to make a change in their life and you're able to uh, find a way to inculcate some good um aspect into their lives and not only that uh, you know even though as a lawyer i was very busy practicing law but i still find i still found time to coach soccer with the baton soccer association and um i know most coaches who coach they they get paid but i did mine for free for over over, over 20 years with the battery Soccer Association and Capital City United. I've, uh, you know, uh, in this community, I've helped a lot. Um, I'm not trying to say they should pay me back, but I just believe in my community. I believe in helping my community, and I believe in contributing my quota into the betterment of the community. And if uh, my experience of 30 years practicing of law, 
that's a unique experience. And I also bring a, a unique experience from my own background. Mm-hmm. You know, we all don't come from the same background. Yeah. But there are things I, I bring from my home background. Number one, family is very important to me. You know, I, I believe in pro-life and um, I believe in the traditional marriage. So uh, those kind of values I would like to inculcate more into my home community also. Wow. So when you are chosen as the 19th Judicial District Court court judge what is it that we can expect from you well number one you can expect if i say something that i will do it wow that's great your word is your bond huh? my word is my bond <laughs> and I, and you know number two look I'm, I'm i can tell you this flat out i don't hold nobody any allegiance okay i don't have no godfather pushing me behind saying when you get there you have to pay back i don't have them the only godfather I have is God. And when he says, I will get in there, ain't nobody else that can stop it. So if I don't hold any allegiance to nobody, I, I don't have to. I, you know, you can't control me. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. Anything I do, I want to do it as if I'm doing it to God. Awesome. All right. Miss Cheryl, what question do you have for Attorney Daly. I'm going to piggyback on one of your questions uh, Ms. Teresa had for you, attorney. Yes, ma'am. Dealing with the crime. How do you feel with all the, the young people with crime? How do you feel about young people, kids being trialed as adults? How do you feel about that when they commit a crime? What are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, um, it, it, it's a mixed bag for me, okay? Um, there are some... Um, um, kids who who really made mistakes. I can understand those kids, but now wh- where do you stop this age issue? Uh, you know, and where, where uh, the question really is for me is at what age do you want to start holding them accountable? Uh, you know, for me at seventeen, I think they should hold you accountable. Really, uh, you know, at the age of twelve, uh, you know, uh, maybe if of about that. But I, I, I believe that, you know, even if you're a juvenile and you still kill someone, um, I, I, th- I don't think we should handle those kind of issues with kids' gloves. Because if we do not find a way to rehabilitate or teach those kind of um, kids' lessons, if they come out, they will do the same thing again because they know that, oh, well, what did they do? Just a slap on the wrist. Right. So it, it just has it, it has a mixed bag, uh, you know. For me, it's a mixed bag of feelings. So, um, so but one thing is for sure: if you commit the crime, you have to pay the price. Yeah. Well, and and I look, I'm with you 150 percent on that. I feel like this year, if they can go out and do the crime, then they should be able to pay the time. I don't know if I said that exactly the way, but you, <laughs> That's right. if you if you go out there and do things that you know that you shouldn't do, you shouldn't do. You should be able to pay for the time in prison. Just that simple. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I agree with you. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Now, if it was an accident and you know, or what have you, or whatever the case, that that's another different story. But if you That's go right. out there and you go and rob someone and 
you know, and you went out there with a gun, that means automatically you went there to, to kill. Exactly. And um, so I feel deeply that you should be able to pay for the time. Exactly. And uh, But let's touch a little bit uh, on uh, mental health because also, too, you um, have some experience with that, if I'm not mistaken, about mental health because there's it's a lot of that going on. That's right. People are going into the schools and, oh my God, it's just like one thing. And really, in all honesty, you think everybody pretty much that going out and killing and destroying people got some type of mental health issue but then again i feel like this year uh, you know i was a psychology major but you know because sometimes we think mental health is that you're absolutely you know crazy or whatever you know uh but i, I, I personally i'm just wondering what are people really thinking when they go out and do such a crime, such as killing kids, I mean, do you really think that they have some type of mental health issue? I, I think it goes far and beyond something else. Perhaps drugs, that's usually a part of it. So, and, and I guess the reason why I'm saying this is because people are quick to want to put those people in a mental institute if they don't end up killing themselves. But I don't think that's the answer because I feel that they went out there the same thing. They went out there and, and, and killed these kids or anyone else and claiming that they have some type of mental health uh, issue. They should be able to pay for the time too. Well, What's your opinion on that? Attorney? Well, uh, well, basically, um, uh, you know, if you, if, if, if there's any sign of mental health problem, most of the judges, what they do is that you know, they have this hearing we call um, sanity hearing. I know the, the, the judge will, um, if the lawyer defending um, the, um, the, the criminal says, hey, my, my guy has a mental problem and there is some proof. He just can't say and not have no proof, to, no evidence to back it up if it is very big. The issue of mental health is very big now um, because, uh, you know, most people who, who have mental problem, uh, they, they will never agree that they have mental problems. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the number one thing. Because when they go into the courtroom and you're telling them, uh, you know, from the for me, the way my clients talk to me, I pay attention to it. Because when I'm, when I'm representing somebody, I just want to make sure that I really do a good job. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my name, my signature is on your papers. I'm mm -hmm. the one representing you. And it means a lot to me. So anything I put my name on, I got I make sure that I do the best job anybody possibly could do. So when I'm dealing with my client, I, I'm always asking, say, you know, oh God, I'm doing this for you. So wow. I have to do this right. So most of the time when I talk to my client, if I detect there are certain things that they're not supposed to be saying or talking, I will ask their family member. Have your, uh, you know, have your child or your brother has he been on any kind of medication before? You, you'll be surprised that most of the time, most of them are on some, some kind of medication, but their problem is that they got off of that medication. And so they misbehave or they do something they shouldn't do. And, and, but sometimes the, the, the court system doesn't have that kind of um, opportunity to slow down and fill these people out. 
because you know the judge has like about how many maybe 100 people on his docket and what he wants to do is go through the docket and get it over with and the da or assistant da they have so many people to prosecute they don't have the ability to slow down and look and see what's wrong with your client mm -hmm. all they see is that your client committed a crime so what what i have done is that if i find out i've always filed a motion for sanity hearing and um sometimes most of them are granted and sometimes some of them are not granted uh, you know i represented a lady one time and um she she somebody already represented her and she they already found her guilty and they told her to pay some money um they put her on probation and um whenever they catch her they will put her in jail and um you know they will beat her up in the jail so her family said can you please represent her so i took the case but the first thing i noticed was that something is wrong with this woman so when I got into the courtroom, I told the judge, I'm like, George, how is it that you all don't see that something is wrong with this woman? Yeah. Whenever she has a bench warrant, she will, uh, I will find her on the street. She used to be rich, but mm. somehow she blew all her money. And I think she got into depression and she became um, bad. I said, look, if she is in her right sense, she wouldn't have just hit a police car and stayed there and say, arrest me. You, you you almost know that something was wrong and the judge was like well, you know oh, well the da should have known that i'm like the da was like okay the probation officer should have known that come to find out she was on five different um uh, you know medication so the judge was the judge was touched on that day and said mr devamiji i'm sorry we just didn't pay you know we just didn't pay attention to this case and they said well this day i'm going to cut her loose from probation if you put somebody who has mental problem on probation how is she going to accomplish it yeah right it's not possible yeah. so those are the kind of things that you know the system and whenever they put her in jail she will go there she will misbehave and the other female will beat her they think you know they they thought that she knew what she was doing whereas it was mental problem uh, you know but um uh, that's one of the things that's one of the cases i think I, uh, that really gave me satisfaction when they cut her loose from the um uh, you know from the probation and they let her go and um it's a success story because now her family member took her off of the street she's mm -hmm. now on her medication and you, you won't believe this she bought a house oh really oh wow mm -hmm. She bought a house. Wow. Her sister, her sister was telling me she bought a house and she's now doing a whole lot better because now they regimented her and she's on her medication. But before, because um, of her mental problems, sometimes she sleeps in the bus stop, sometimes she sleeps on the street, and yet she's on, she's on probation. Wow. So uh, I, I'm great. just going to ask a question, though. I mean, do you really think that? Uh, medic, I mean, I'm not saying medication doesn't help, but in some cases too, medication can hurt you. But I mean, you know, but do you really think that that is the best regimen for those that have, you know, mental health issues? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to profess to you that I'm a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Okay, that <laughs> one of them. I am not. Yeah. But what I can tell you is that, you know, from my own little perspective and what I see, uh, I, I, I think we should give them a trial. We just can't 
hold our hand and throw our hands up. Oh, medication is not going to help, but at least we got to try. He who dares nothing gains nothing. So let's try and see if, if there's a way they can help these people because they can't help themselves. For me, I just think they're defenseless. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, it, it really touches me when I see them. Right. Yeah. So I want to ask you this question. Okay. Um, use an example of uh, of the uh, shooting that just took place in, and I really, I don't know if I should say this, but anyway, that took place in Texas. Let's say if this young man, he lived through this where, you know, he, he, he didn't get killed or anything and he lived through this. How would you handle that situation with him as a judge? Well, uh, you know, um, anything we say now is just going to be speculation because we don't know the facts surrounding the case. Uh, you know, what we all know now is that um, he killed some people. And then, you know, we had some chattering from other people, the mom, the dad, and all those kind of stuff. Well, as a judge, uh, we, all, we all are guided by the law that, you know, in case of this, this is what you do. In case of this, this is what you can do. So for me, all, all I can do is apply the law to what the law says. If the law says don't give him a bond, I won't give you a bond. If the law, if I see that the situation demands that you set a high bond, you set a high bond. And um, if they say, you know, he might have a mental problem, well, you let some psychiatrists or psychologists, whichever way you let them examine him and see if he, you know, if he really qualifies as they say that, you know, he has mental problem or not. So all you can do is follow the law in those kind of situations. And as for me, whatever the law says do, that's what I will do. Because my priority is to safeguard the community. Yeah. So once you are chosen as the uh, district court judge, do you really see yourself you can make a, di a difference in the city of Baton Rouge? Absolutely. I believe I can make a whole lot of difference in the city of Baton Rouge. You know, I love this country. Uh, you know, this country accepted me. I'm, uh, I'm a citizen of this country. That's why I joined the Louisiana Army National Guard and said, uh, you know, hey, if there's anything I can do to contribute to my country, I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to live my life for the country that accepted me. This is my home. This is my country. So if I cannot make positive contribution to this community and this country as a whole, then I, I have failed the community. You know, I have four, I have four girls and one boy. And um, the, unfortunately, the boy passed away in 2015. Mm -hmm. But I have, I have four girls and these four girls have made me proud. Yeah. One of them finished from Southern University with BA in business administration. The second one is um, finished from LSU. And she's now a medical doctor in Seattle Children's oh, Hospital. Wow. And the third one finished from Louisiana Tech in business, um, um, in, um, in business um, engineering. And she wow. works for Target in Texas. And the fourth one, who is the princess of the house? She's at LSU now studying biochem. I can't say God hasn't blessed me. God has been good in my life. And I, you know, all I can say is good God, all the praises. So those children have really made me proud. And I, like I always tell them, don't forget where you come from. Mm -hmm. Contribute your quota to the community. 
Yeah, right. And now uh, let's touch bases on your spouse because is she attorney as well? <laughs> well, she number one, she she you know she likes to be seen as an educationist because um uh, her first degree and her master's degree are in education. So she likes to be seen as an ed um, educationist more, uh, rather than a lawyer. But she is a lawyer also. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, awesome. <laughs> she's uh, a lawyer. And she has got it, honestly. I mean, his brain's in the family there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> brain's in the family. That's awesome. Well, we thank God. I know she is a PhD holder. She's a law holder. Wow. But she loves education more than all those things put together. And, um, I can say, well, God will, God really gave her to me to help me out because oh. God, knew, God knew I'm, I'm a fool. So I needed somebody to guide me through good life. So <laughs> he gave her to me. <laughs> gave you a good help, babe. That's awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, so Cheryl, do you have another question before we end our conversation with attorney Billy? I had one more that I was thinking about. We see it a lot on big trials, big cases. And sometimes there are, there are issues of, of conflict of interest. What is your intake? If you were ever in that predicament, what would you do in a case like that? Well, for me, you know, I, I don't think you should wait until your conflict of interest manifests before you get out of a case. If I, if I believe you're gonna, we're gonna have an, you know, the appearance of, of a, in, you know, it, it, appearance of conflict i would think about getting off of that case because if you if you know you have a conflict of interest and you stay in that case mm -hmm. for me what you're doing is that you're betraying the confidence of the of the masses who elected you into position if you know you have a conflict of interest believe me there are many other cases you can go into that you won't have that conflict of interest because if you have conflict of interest you will not be able to apply the law the way you're supposed to. So for me, you know, I, if I have a conflict of interest, you won't even tell me twice before I get off of the case. Awesome. So attorney Delhi, when uh, the actual voting date? Well, um, the voting date is, um, you have early voting in October. And then you have the real voting date in, in, um, November. in November. The early voting date is from um, October 25th through November 1st. And then the, um, um, the real voting date is on November 8th, 2022. Okay, awesome. Do you have a ballot number yet? Oh, yes, it's 5-9. Five nine, you all heard that, right? Five nine. Number fifty-nine. When you go to the polls, you wanna vote for ballot number five nine. None other Great and deliverance. Yes. Attorney <laughs> Delhi Adi Bamaji. Hey, that's <laughs> yes. doing so good. Yes. So you all remember that name and we will uh, you know, we'll definitely keep you all informed and updated and um, you will be able to uh, reach out to us. And also, too, is there a way that they can reach out to you, Attorney Deli, if needed to be so? Yes. Um, you know, um, you can always log on to www.electdaily.com. 
And um, you can also reach us on um, Instagram, Daily for George. And you can also reach us on Facebook, Daily Adebamiji for District George. So we'll be glad to see you on all those um, sites. Yes. Awesome. Well, look, we want to say thank you. I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. I am truly honored to be in your presence as well as my sister, Cheryl Richard. And um, we, we greatly just appreciate you tremendously. And we're looking to celebrate because there's going to be a celebration in November. Amen. Yes. You're calling it into yes. being. Amen. Yes. Well, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> Speak those things as though they are. And we're speaking yes, into existence. Amen. We're calling it as we see it. And I really do believe firmly that you fit to be that district court judge. Amen. And thank yeah. you very much. Look, Both of you look beautiful today. And um, <laughs> thank, thank you. you for having me on your program. And God bless. God bless you. Thank and you. I want to leave this with you. Okay. And Exposure Spotlight <laughs> Magazine talk show without giving you our motto. Remember this, that your voice matters. Yes. God bless you. Yeah. You too. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, this is Teresa Perkins, editor and host of Exposure Spotlight Magazine and Talk Show, where your voice matters. If you have a business, event, project, or even written a book and would like to be featured in Exposure Spotlight Magazine or be a guest on our show, you want to give us a call at 1-855-828-7200. Again, that number is 1-855-828-7200. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. the key to your castle? Choose a mortgage company that works for you. Ambassador Mortgage. Don't miss out on your dream home. Pick up the phone now. 225-341-3551. Ambassador Mortgage. A mortgage company that's changing lives and making dreams come true. Voices of Virtue, a talk show you don't want to miss. Trending news topics of today, empowerment, outreach advocate, life coaching, spiritual conversations, primary focus on marriage, relationships, and divorces. Hosted by the one and the only Cheryl D. Reshore. To be a guest, give them a call at 225 577-3436. You haven't tried the best until you have tried T-Monique Naturals. Natural and organic hair product based company. Leaving it soft, smooth, and moist. 
Shop now online at www.tmoniquenaturals.com. If you're looking for ways to strengthen your hair and give your natural a look that would turn heads, shop at tmoniquenaturals.com.